This week we take a peep at Fabledom, visit space that is shrouded, and wrap ourselves up in a comfy cocoon. Wanna make a Bubsy game? I don't know. It's Tuesday and time to overthrow capitalism on episode 175 of Indie Game Riot. <laughs> I am Josh here once again with Rev and Vance for Indie Game Riot episode 175. Uh, almost forgot the episode number there. If you <laughs> caught that hitch in my speech, but you know what? Uh, Indie Game Riot episode doesn't have some unprofessional nonsense. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's that's what gives us charm, right? Um, yeah. Speaking of charm, in your first bad segue uh, of the day. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going. First of all, I apologize to everyone for for last week. Uh, there was just uh, an issue that I had to take uh, that I had to help with. Um, it's that just was much more important than the podcast. I know, I know, um, but you know, it was like a very serious life thing. So, uh, not had to do with me with someone else, but I I needed to help. Um, so, um, apologies for that. But things are okay. Um, right. And we're back this week. Uh, and cool thing is, uh, we're, we're going to be talking about some game jam stuff a little bit later. But uh, I actually am uh, just getting started. Thanks to my friend Ian. Hi, hi Ian, in the chat, by the way. Uh, and if you want to join the live chat, Tuesday 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitch. Um, but we're uh, we actually joined the uh, LSD Jam, uh, which is based off of a PS1 game. Oh, it's the fan. I apologize for the uh, oh. weird audio bug. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, professional. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a it was a PS one game based on some guy. The developer is just dreams, and it's like really trippy and surreal. Um, and the jam the jam is based off of that, and just dreams in general. It's pretty loose jam. There's not like any winners or anything like that, but it's also a long jam, which is nice because last time we did Vance's jam, <laughs> and uh, you know, I think it was like a week or two. Um, this is actually going to end, it just started, and it's going to end, I think, in February. So there's there's a few months there that uh, we're going to That's not a jam. <laughs> I don't know. That's a full dev cycle in modern <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess if you work for, for uh, Activision or something like that. <laughs> um, the crunch is real. But, yeah, so uh, I just thought that was cool for, for my week, what, how, or I guess a couple weeks. Um how about you two? What's been going on? I know, I know, Vance. You've got uh, your convention coming up because uh, you're going to be mm -hmm. releasing your trailer there. How's that going? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's going fine, except a little stressful. But uh, just all the stuff that I have to get ready to, um, just things like you know, okay, I have to design um, like things like to hand out like and cards with the game name and stuff and to hand out to people and get those printed and uh, figure out how I'm going to have, you know, enough 
laptops and devices to show videos and demo the game and you know all of that sort of practical stuff going on as well as um you know getting the demo all in shape to, to show off um how much and all of that thing how how long is your demo going to be um so the the demo is really the same demo that is up right now that you can go play except oh. it doesn't have voice acting so the it will have voice acting which is the difference i hear that um, voice acting is going to be the best anyone's ever heard oh oh yeah uh, <laughs> well for sure yeah um yeah um even all, all kidding aside i i do pride myself on finding very very good voice actors and i'm very happy with the voice actors that i have involved and that I get involved uh, for each game, and uh, yeah, I'm. I, I think that is one of the things I'm most proud of in these games is just having a great cast of voice actors. So thank you, Josh, and everyone <laughs> else who uh, <laughs> who is in the games. So yeah, definitely. All right. Well, keep us up to keep us up to date, especially after that uh, happens. Just let us know how it goes. So. Uh, or, or as your, when, when, when is the the convention? By the way, it's on. It starts on the fourth. Yeah, so I'm gonna leave here on the third, and yeah, the so fourth and the fifth. So it's two days. Okay. A Saturday and Sunday, right? The fourth and the fifth. Yeah. Sounds yeah. right. We'll go with that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rev, well, cool. Rev, how's your week or two weeks? Uh, I made a quick trip up to Portland. Um, it was freezing, by which I mean it got down to like 59 degrees. Uh, I wore a coat for the first time in several years. How long is that drive? For you? Uh, huh? How long is that drive for you? Like uh, like like 18 hours or something? If I drove, it would be 16. Oh, it's flew. about a it's a two and a half hour flight. Yeah, just long enough to get like three or four drinks in you, and Lame. then. Uh, <laughs> no, I've. Uh, I, I think the days of my doing insane nonstop drives are are rapidly passing behind me. I, I might have one more cross country trip in me before I'm just like, fuck it, it's not worth it. I'll fly. Um, but uh, yeah, no, did that. had a had a lot of fun wandering around uh, around Portland area. And uh, having spent some years living up there as a kid, it was kind of interesting to go through Portland and be like, I don't remember that being there. And, oh, that's still the same. But um, yeah, no, it was good. Uh, Game-wise, I've done almost nothing except play uh, or starting the Riot game. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. You know what? You know what? Uh, your last cross-country trip, we, we got to get you. I, I don't even know if they still do it, but the uh, the train jam that ends up at like GDC at the end. We got to get you out to like, where's the start? Oh Ohio yeah, or something like that. I think I think it starts in like yeah. Ohio, and then we can get you to come back on the train, go to GDC, and cover it. But oh, that would be so rough. I don't even know if they yeah, still I do can... that. I gotta look into that. <laughs> that. That sounds like fun yeah. to me, actually. I don't know. Uh, well, I'm glad everyone's having a good productive week. Um, but uh, I think it's time to to chill out. You know, get mellow with an news injection. Are you bored with the same old games? Yeah. Why, then give yourself an indie news injection. Thanks, indie games. 
First up on Indie News Injection, the $107 Adventure Game Challenge, which changes dollar amounts every year up by one. So this is the seventh year, uh, has concluded, and the winners and uh, rankings have been announced. Vance, what are you going to do uh, in a thousand years from now? You can't afford the $1,000 probably. Well, maybe you will by then. Hey, I mean, a thousand years from now, inflation's going to be so high, a thousand dollars is going to be like yeah. what you put in a gumball machine. That's yeah. that's the plan. Pump up inflation, yeah. and then you won't be paying as much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I think a dollar a year is uh, like less than inflation these days, isn't it? Way less. <laughs> <laughs> By so, about several million dollars. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, so how many how many total how many total submissions you you got? uh 20 21 25 21 yeah 21 that stayed in there are always a few that get removed because there are people who don't follow the rules and you know that's inevitably going to happen um but yeah 21 that uh ended up uh after all the cuts and everything were were done um and we we always get well this isn't certainly not the largest uh adventure game jam out there i think uh, i firmly believe it is certainly the best because we uh we put a lot of attention on making sure that uh it focuses specifically on adventure games and adventure game developers while most of the others just kind of like well we suggest you make an adventure game and you know they get a bunch of like platformers and it's it's a little bit more diluted but and you know we have a very concentrated uh pool of judges who are very familiar with the genre who are judging the games rather than just you know random people voting mm -hmm. and that kind of thing so uh, we're really really designed to highlight adventure games and adventure game creators in the best way possible and uh that that kind of thing yeah so uh, other than the one that uh, other than the one that came in first because we're going to talk about that game later uh what was your favorite game I, other than the one that i was going to say won? give it like give it like a like a short list like honorable honorable mentions um well i mean if you look at the results page well it, did it fall in line with your voting the results page or? yeah i mean it, it, there's always some changes, right? I mean, the judges are going to disagree on some things, but every year, and this year's no exception, there tends to be a general consensus in the general order. Um, so, like, Cult of the Almond got fourth. I think I had that in third on my personal list. I rated Stranger in Utopia slightly lower than it got, um, but the other two apparently really liked it, and it... Uh, out all the way up to second really great game i mean all of these are great games yeah. um so and nothing i, I want to point out them. too i want to point out too like for if any of the devs happen to be listening uh it's hard making a game and i i actually finally can say that i have a little bit of experience minimal experience but especially if it's your first game um so don't feel bad on yourself i highly encourage anyone uh whether you're first or last in this jam or any jam to continue doing jams and continue making little fun projects for yourself because that's the only way you get better yeah um always i always encourage 
anyone just to just, just to keep gems are a great way to do it too yeah because if you're just going to start in a game and you're going to sit alone staring at a screen by yourself at home downing shots of vodka or whatever <laughs> yeah it's, it's going to get lonely and it's going to get uh tiresome and uh but uh like game gam is uh, game jam is a great opportunity to join in with a community of people who are developing a game at the same time as you bounce ideas off of them talk to them share your stresses about making games with them and uh, just really be part of you know something that is happening and it's really going to motivate you a lot better so if you are thinking about getting into uh, game development or just starting out join a bunch of game jams just uh, that is that is such a great way to um, hone your skills and uh, also just get things out there that people are playing so that you can learn from other people's experiences and improve your craft. Yeah. Nice. Um, well, speaking, speaking of honing your craft and learning from other people's experiences, uh, we've got uh, a, a, a game dev studio that's uh, decided that... Um, they're going to cut all monetization out of their games going forward. Hooray! Um, yeah, the developers Fuck of Inkbound, right, uh, are removing all in-game monetization from Inkbound uh, starting October 27th. Uh, no battle pass, no cosmetic shop, whatever. They're, they were relatively unbothersome, but now they're just disappearing entirely. Um because uh as shiny shoe says uh that they tried to make them as generous and unobtrusive as possible but uh to them it's very clear that the industry and player sentiment is trending against the presence of things like battle passes and all of that fun jazz so they're just removing it entirely so uh they uh if you if you have already purchased anything um oh excuse me uh anybody who bought the equivalent of a battle pass or any cosmetics are going to be compensated uh or have all of that materials automatically unlocked and the equivalent material will be moved to a freely accessible cosmetic vault so i'm i'm uh, glad they this is uh this is how you garner faith and and trust with the community i appreciate the, right the uh step forward there personally yeah no. hopefully this uh this sets a standard that will percolate its way up the uh yeah thing. No, yeah absolutely as i've said before i would love to go back to the system where we just pay for the game <laughs> instead of everything's free except that it actually ends up costing you a lot more than you would have paid in the beginning if they just paid if they just charged for the game and that's because two percent of the people who play the game are paying for it and so you end yeah. up having to you end up paying more if you're one of the people paying for it because 95 percent of the people aren't yeah so if they yeah. just charged for the game we'd be all better off yeah yep yep uh, speaking about uh, the times before, uh, you remember Bubsy? Any anybody any Bubsy fans out there? Uh, Atari has just purchased the rights or just acquired the rights to Bubsy and uh, doesn't know what to do with them apparently. <laughs> uh, and so they're an, putting that was out an a Elon call. Musk buy. Just, <laughs> right. Just, just saw the gum and at the checkout line. Now. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, uh, if you are interested in making a Bubsy game, uh, specifically in the platformer genre, uh, they are they they're they're allowing you to come to them with a pitch and potentially you will be the person making the next bubsy game for atari i know this isn't really indie but the fact that they're opening it up to anybody specifically for indies to 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 um present i think is a is a really really cool idea really neat opportunity especially if you're a fan of platformers some some millennial um, dev out there is gonna have a good time with this i think right they're gonna you know because there's plenty of like uh double a AA or even like larger single a studios that i think uh yeah single a studios that i think uh could do well with this i mean we've seen it i mean obviously they get the funding to grow their team uh, and, may, and maybe Atari will do that with with whoever ends up getting this as well. Um, but I mean, we're kind of we we've seen it before. Um, although I think the last time someone tried to bring back like an uh, like a a Sega uh, Genesis generation game uh, was Toe Jam and Earl, which we covered uh, because it got picked yep. up by uh, by an indie studio. Um, I think I don't think it got received super well, but I think it got underrated um and i yeah. so personally i think that if, if a studio with a good track record of platformers uh gets a hold of this they will do it justice especially if there's someone who's like played bubsy in the past like i said like millennial studio or something like that um, yeah so i i i am optimistic about uh, the potential yeah no i'm excited to see where that one goes um, slightly less exciting, but also kind of interesting. Uh, just moving right along here. Uh, the Gute Fabric, or The Good Fabric, um, a, the developers who made Salt Sea Chronicles, uh, took four years to make that game and just released their climate assessment of what the production entailed. Um, you know, they were... Or, sorry, it's not... Uh, it's not German, so I probably mispronounced it. They're Danish. Um, <laughs> but uh, they did a breakdown of uh, kilograms of CO2 that were uh, emitted over the course of their development cycles um, and, and the climate cost of making their game. And, uh, you know, that's uh, stuff like going to Gamescon um, or, you know... Uh, fl flying in sp certain people for meetings, that sort of thing. Um, so it's really kind of an interesting, it's really kind of an interesting breakdown in that regard. You know, work from home, the heating and cooling only, and that's based on, you know, the hours that were being logged was like 7,250 kilograms. Um, the, the things that they had to purchase uh, in... Uh, one of the companies was another 7,000. Uh, purchases in the UK was 13,000. Travel was 15,759. And that's based on, you know, how far they were traveling, whether it was plane or, uh, or whatnot. And uh, your work from home office equipment only is like 1,000. So um, it's, it's really kind of an interesting way to, to, to break down the global impact 
uh, which isn't really something that a lot of people I think th think of. When I saw this, I was like, wait, why? Well, why kinda, would a game development studio be tracking this? I was gonna say and, it kind of it kind of rose to uh, some kind of prominence um, with with uh, NFTs, I think, and and just yeah. just kind of grinding out uh, you know bit, bitcoins and things like that in general because that people started taking the notice of how all those you know all those graphics cards running and all the time and how how that uh, the consumption of power just really mm -hmm. kind of collectively fucks everything up even more than it already is so i think that's probably where that's coming from yeah um one of the things that they did find is that uh when they if they adjusted their scheduling out uh four day weeks and work from home practices vastly reduce uh carbon emissions go figure when everybody's not commuting and working five plus days a week um, so yeah, no, uh, something to check out, uh, if you can go look for the, the salt sea chronicles climate impact report, um, just to see how this one little game made over the last four years, uh, affected our climate. Yes. Uh, well, the last thing that we're going to be talking about our discussion point for the day, uh, is the, 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 the good old classic, what is an indie game? Um, the, the article that was referenced, uh, in our notes and everything like that had specifically, uh, Dave the Diver. Um, but I don't think that's really what we need to focus on. Uh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Because. No. So just, just the idea. Cause I, I believe they, they're mentioning Dave the Diver. So, uh, I guess they're calling it a double a pretty much, um, borderlining. Well, basically, yeah, basically it's like, it, it's. It's done in a nostalgia style, mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, it's funded by a multi-billion dollar corporation, except the game studio is a independent studio within that multi-billion dollar corporation. We talked about that before um, with Square Enix and like their mm -hmm. and some of their smaller studios, too. And yeah, it, it, is was it saying that it was a, it was a an independent studio created within the company or was it one um so it was it was it, it, it so mini rocket was self-published um and was developed by mini rocket it was their own all 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 internal but their parent company the company that funded them and allowed them to do all of this and provided the equipment and all of the everything um you know, makes uh, Nexon made profits of 115 billion yen in 2021. Um, so, you know, it was, it, for me, it was more the, the, the concept of how do we as individuals identify an indie game uh, and does a publisher does the status of the publisher affect that right so like dave dave was uh dave the diver was was nominated for you know best indie game at the the golden joysticks um going up against pizza tower and sea of stars sea of stars was you know was a team of 20 30 people uh you know and, and they clearly had funding and were published but you know, it, it's one of the, they were published, self-published, but like, 
where do we where do you draw that line i know really early on in the show we kind of talked about it where it was like it's this living algorithm kind of like the uh the the u.s supreme court of definition of pornography like you can't define it but you know you see it i've always seen it as kind of like a, a a tripod algorithm i guess where um it's more like you know how much how much funding went into the game how large is the team that was making the game and how much resources uh and and support did the publisher provide and and who that publisher is right like Mm -hmm. that for me and so it's kind of like just imagine those three points on the graph and as you shift it down or up so if like you're at maximum on each if you've got 300 people working on a game and you've spent 40 million dollars and you're published but you know ea picks you up i wouldn't classify you as an indie studio or an indie game just on that basis but there are indie games that have like 30 million people or, or you know a 30 million dollar budget but they have a you know it's a it's a team of 10 and they self published so you know that that's how i've always kind of looked at it and i just i i i i try not to get like oh if it doesn't meet this exact you know definition because um, there are those ones that just kind of throw you for a loop. Right? Ian, like, Ian and Chad is saying that uh, they are they are a subsidiary of Nexon, not a not yeah. a not an indie, and that that yeah. for him is the line. How about you, Vance? What do you think? Yeah. Um, so you said there's indie studios with thirty million dollars. I mean, there. I mean, there is now. When, well, no, after I mean, they're like, I mean, look at Concerned Eight. Yeah. <laughs> or or oh, yeah, like, but, uh, so I guess my point is like, okay, if you started out as an indie and now you have thirty million dollars, you're not indie anymore. You don't have. If you have thirty million dollars, you're not indie. That is. You, well, see, uh, and that's that, and that is part of my definition. <laughs> since we're talking about our definitions. So, so studios that have thirty million dollars to spend on a game are not indie. I, I so, cannot so where would you, that. where would you, where, where would you draw the 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 dollar amount then? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's there's not like, well, if it's over, if it's one dollar over this, um, but uh, definitely less than thirty million. So, so <laughs> if I significantly I, less than thirty million. So, so like when, uh, oh, what's his name from Double Fine, uh, you know, Dude. went off to oh, work on his, um, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. No, that was um, it, was it Tim? Yes, Tim, Tim. yeah, Tim yes, thank you, yeah, Tim Schaefer. Uh, I got a chance to interview him once, uh, for the show, um, but, uh, anyways, like, like it, when he when he goes off to do his own project and he puts together a, a team of 40 or 50 people and then he crowdfunds it and it gets 20 gets 15 million dollars right well, i don't, I don't that... consider no i don't consider anything tim schaefer does to be indie because tim schaefer is a well-known name people oh, are okay. going to buy the game because he's tim schaefer i mean he, right? he so, that's, so, that's not indie. indie i would say he follows that... in double a he falls in double a but then that's oh, like for... the the the, the, the purgatory that you that you and your team like you scrape together your resources and the scraps of spare time and you know or or save up from your job so you can like start 
this this small company and like put your all into it and put something out. So not like, oh, I'm Tim Schaefer. I can just <laughs> so so Ian Ian in, it, right? Ian in the <laughs> chat. Ian in the chat says, "What does independence yeah, have to do with poverty? Because indie studios should be given more resources. They shouldn't have to be poor." No, I, I get I, I get both I get both of those points. I, I guess my question is like, where where do we where do you draw that line? I like yeah. you know if it, it, say say your next game blows up, right? You you make a million dollars plus on your game, whatever, right? And uh, you now become you know one of those names that it's like compared to tim schaefer and whatever you like like vance at standoff game is, is is the new haunt thing and you have you have investors that are you know hey we'd like to throw in one hundred and fifty thousand dollars two hundred and fifty thousand dollars whatever you have full full control you have your own team but you have you now have all of the funding necessary are you now no longer an indie dev yeah, I'm no longer an indie dev. Well, here, I mean, okay. I mean, by, <laughs> if we're going I, by... I have, because I have all the resources of the world at my disposal. But here, here's, the, here's the thing, too. If we're going by definition, I mean, mm -hmm. technically, if you were self-published, you're indie, right? Um, but, then, but then what about the people who are getting funded by publishers, like Devolver? Devolver has millions of dollars. They're getting, and they're giving it, even though it's not necessarily earned via revenue for for certain studios they're getting millions of dollars from the publisher or not millions necessarily but you know what i mean they're getting they're getting the they're getting yeah the there's the a difference between a distributor and a publisher having a bunch of money and the studio having a bunch of money like, there is like a line to be drawn there technically yeah. speaking fortnite is independent if we're going you know if we're going by technicality because like it's published and uh and developed by by epic right um but so I mean, it's epic. Epic isn't. Or you know, I, you know company. what I mean. Oh, I know that I'm not saying they're indie, but but if you're <laughs> yeah. going by technicality, uh, if we're going by technicality, Fortnite is an indie game because is it is independently developed and independently published. They are not relying yeah. on others. Oh, um, you mean they're not publishing it through somebody else? Right, 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 right. Yeah. Oh, so oh, sure. so yeah. so if you're going by that technicality, and then and then. Somebody like Concerned Ape, who's made millions of dollars off of Stardew Valley, he still has a small studio. Like he still has like very minimal, like less than ten, I think, uh, developers at his disposal. He still does most of the work, even though he is a millionaire now. Um, yeah, and so I mean to answer, to address that as well as uh, discreetly in the chat, I don't think that there is a a number you can put on to it. If I had a billion dollars in my bank account right now, but still nobody knew me as a game dev, and I was, uh, you know, creating games, and uh, even though I have a billion dollars, no one was buying my games, and I'm trying, you know, to make games, and I'm not a known name, and I'm, you know, trying to uh, get my name out there as a game dev because I'm not, I'm not known as that, that would still be indie. What yeah. it, it, it comes down to me as the game, the game industry resources that you have, not the raw amount of money that you have, but the game industry resources, contacts, um, 
that sort of thing, like, you know, why why Tim Schafer can never make an indie game. Because he has all the game industry resources in the world. He's going to be able to tap into, you know, his vast network of uh, friends and acquaintance, acquaintances. Uh, any, nothing that Tim Schafer ever makes is going to be an indie game. I mean, even that, though, has its has like a very movable line because yeah. someone like Dave Zemanski obviously has connections but again doesn't have a huge studio at his disposal maybe and that may be by choice not not necessity but still um, he has lots of money's money from his games he's he's borderline celebrity within the indie sphere um, yeah well, there is, yeah, there is a line between, I mean, there are indie celebrities, like, say, Dave Gilbert, for example. He's an indie celebrity, but he's very much indie. Like, you don't go out on the street and to a normal gamer and, and mention Dave Gilbert, and they think, oh, yeah, I know who that is, right? Um, but within the community of adventure game fans and, and so forth, he, he is a indie celebrity, um, so would 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 Lucas Arts have been an indie studio and they did Tentacle of the Whip? I mean, Lucas Arts was wasn't that was owned by like George Lucas's company that they had. But like so when you think about it, it, when you think about it, back, a lot of the older games back in the nineties and eighties were Duke Nukem, much, the original Duke Nukem. Pretty much everything was indie then, because... But, I mean, Sierra... Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, LucasArts, of course, was never indie, but, I mean, Sierra, for example, which at one time in the 90s was the biggest game company, uh, computer game company in the world. Uh, Nintendo was bigger, but they were mainly making console games. Um, Sierra was the biggest computer game company in the world in the 90s. But in the 80s, they were an indie company. Like one hundred percent, it was uh, uh, Roberta, Roberta Williams and Ken Williams making games in their house. Mm -hmm. You know, so you can you can make the transition <laughs> and sometimes dramatically, like they did. But so, what would you say about again? I, I keep bringing up concerned date, but someone who is who has access to the resources, but by choice has remained small. Based on based on like your, what you're saying about like having yeah. access to all this stuff, because um, it seems like it seems like your your definition, and, and that's really what I think we're going to end up coming to is that it's a very personal definition. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. But by your definition, it seems more about the amount of grind that you have to put in there, and and not necessarily a grind because obviously even AAA studios grind, but but the amount of like personal um, personal resources that you put into the game uh, and and concerned ape does that even though he is now rich and has access to to plenty of resources within the industry so what would you say about someone like that is he still indie or... you know I mean obviously there's there's a border and maybe he's somewhere around where the border is so I don't I don't really <laughs> I don't really know for sure like, I mean it, it is nebulous like I said before there's not like a cutoff line you know like yeah. well I'm gonna step over this line now I'm not indie you know there is this fairly large nebulous area right in in the middle between indie and not indie what do we call that I don't, I don't, Double but, a. yeah 
uh, yeah, Indian double A. There is like a large nebulous area where all of the like differences of opinion lie. Mm. <laughs> like where I'm like, we're these are definitely indie. Like these I, are definitely not. And then the, these are where all the judgment calls go. Right? Like Mojang, Mojang, I actually considered to be indie un, up until the point they got bought by Microsoft. By even Microsoft. though at that point yeah. he was already rich, um, I considered them indie up to that point. Um, and then and then. Double A, in mentioning that, Double A is talking about nebulous. Like that is like so in between. Um, I, I mean, I might even consider Double Fine a Double A studio, to be honest with you. And and I personally think Double Fine is 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 indie because they self-publish. Um, so again, a lot of their well, like you a said, lot of the Epic self-publishes. Right. Well, well, Ian brought up a good point about Epic is that they're publicly traded, so that that is a big, uh, you know, difference maker there. Um, yeah. Whereas Double Fine is not; they just have the resources, like you said. Um, I don't know, <laughs> but like, yeah, no, it's it. I, I I I wanted to bring this up just because I love the I love the topic and I love hearing our thoughts. Um, and I I know my my thoughts on what classifies an indie game has changed over the years since we started Indie Game Riot. You know, like it used to be, I was like, it was very much like, no, if you, if it takes you more than $200,000 to make your game and you've got more than 15 people working on it in any level, then you don't classify as indie in my book. Uh, and now it's much more kind of that, that uh, ephemeral, I, I know it when I see it, it's based on the feel. It's kind of an yeah. adjusting kind of thing. No, I, I, I guess, really. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess where my opinion is is coming from is more maybe maybe I'm coming at it at a different angle because, um, because of where I think the distinction matters because the distinction right. doesn't matter in most things, right? Um, if you play a game and you enjoy it, then it's a game you enjoy. And I play AAA games. I I play um Baldur's Gate 3 just like every fucking buddy else and uh, you know <laughs> and you know I play AAA and indie and everything and I enjoy the games that I enjoy um where it really comes down to where that distinction matters is like the awards like was mentioned in the article like should someone who uh you know has millions or even billions of dollars of funding although it's a billion dollar company but they didn't get billions of dollars of funding yeah, but, yeah. you know if, but people who have access to that kind of resources should they be lumped in with someone who sat and slaved over his computer in his garage night after and night? and i i talked right. about that with with square enix some years ago uh because they made the um one of those telltale like games but it's not telltale it was a uh, uh it was like a dramatic game where there was some time traveling and something like that but it was like a square enix independent studio that they just formed and like here's some money make this game have fun and it was a really good game but then they started winning indie awards um taking yeah. taking that that opportunity and and things like that yeah, uh, and so that's and like awards, and there are other like programs and people who you know ways that people want, like to support indie games, like our podcast. We try to support yeah. indie games and indie game developers, and if those outlets that are supporting indie games 
are sometimes are, are, are you know, the time and the resources that those have are limited. They can't, if they're covering this game, then they can't cover this game. And uh, the people who maybe, that's where the distinction comes in for me. And that's why I'm making the distinction that I'm making. Because other than that, it really doesn't matter what's an indie game and what's not. Other than yeah. that one realm where basically the things that are designed to, to support the creators that need support, that need support because they don't have the advertising resources, the industry connections, and so forth. That's where it really comes into play, making that distinction so that the what's the what what the establishments that are set up to support indie games can support the the ones that really need it so and i i love that i love that and i was talking about um life is strange by don't not ian brought it up in chat there and i remember when that came out and and we saw that they were getting indie awards um that i remember unless that information that i had gathered was wrong that that specific game the first one was when was Dotnod having been owned by Square Enix but still as its own independent little bubble within the company independent um, and then published by Square Enix uh, and then they started winning these independent games and then he and he mentioned that afterward the, the you know the the following games were after they had split off of Square Enix so I I guess there's yeah. more to it than that but the point is is that it seems like these it seems like these AAA studios are trying to dip their fingers into the indie sphere like with Dave the Diver for instance um, and and are trying to take these things away from independent yeah. studios. Uh, which is upsetting to me, despite trying to figure out what is indie and what isn't. I just wish independent. I just wish AAA studios would, you know, publicly traded studios, things like that, would just stay out of it. They'll let them stay have. In your lane. You have millions, <laughs> billions of dollars. Let them. You know, you have your success. You have your your publicly traded company. Let independent studios have that one. You know, have some yeah. sort of you know, recognition. <laughs> um, but speaking of recognition, I think we should recognize the game in today's Starting the Riot. This week on Starting the Riot, uh, you guys know I loved Limbo. You know I really enjoyed Inside uh, this game, Cocoon, uh, by Geometric Interactive, um, the uh, the lead gameplay designer of Limbo and Inside. Uh, has brought us this game. Uh, intricate puzzles and cosmic mystery. Uh, you're basically a little bug that uh, comes out of your little cocoon after crashing onto a planet. And uh, you've got to figure out what is going on. There's environmental puzzles. There's some logic puzzles. There's some boss battles. Uh, it, it really, like, like, take a lot of the 
thought, uh, a lot of the, the, the problem solving from some of those earlier games uh, that were mentioned and uh, apply it to a kind of weird, it's, it's a weird experience. Like, like I, I, I thought I, I was going to give this one a really good try and uh, I'm, I'm probably about 50% of the way through. Uh, I because I was traveling last week, so I didn't have a chance to to really finish it out. But this game has been uh, really interesting. Um, it's one of those moments where, again, I feel like I'm too dumb to play games anymore. Uh, and I don't know if it's just because I spent the last several years only playing AAA games or, or what. But uh, the art style is absolutely lovely. It is super atmospheric. Uh, trying to just figuring out how the interactions work and and what is going on uh has been kind of the greatest draw to me for this um I, I've, I've enjoyed what boss battles that i've encountered i'm i'm in a, a new section right now where uh they they kind of preview the boss in advance but uh looking i'm really looking forward to this one music is great the uh combat is is simple to accomplish uh as you as you've been watching this is one of the first boss battles that you you utilize and uh relatively straightforward but there's still kind of that puzzle element timer feel to it it's all that pattern um, recognition with these which which yeah is kind of interesting because you know from from uh, from inside limbo this the combat seems to be more of a thing in here so it's a little bit of a, a yes turn. um you know the puzzles are more about progression but then the bosses there's like these like more involved boss battles i think than than any, Correct. any of the yeah before yeah and and it's I, I i'm really loving the exploration some of the some of the gifts and and tools that you get there invisible bridges and and all that fun jazz i mean they, like, like this game seems to have everything that's in my wheelhouse and I, I i can't say enough about it like enough good about it um yeah. it, it, it's just a, a really fun one. I, I as soon as I saw, I opened up the link in the in the notes and was like, "Oh, Limbo and Inside." They made it. No, they didn't. They just somebody who was involved in that did, and I immediately bought it. And I think I've logged like, I want to say like six hours into it. Um, and, and again, that kind of goes back into my like. I think I might be too dumb to play modern games that aren't you know I, mass appeal <laughs> i was gonna say the puzzles the puzzles in this game so far for me have been because uh, just as a by the way it's available on game pass if you don't want to buy it on steam um but the puzzles in this buy it game, on steam yeah yeah if you can uh but they they're definitely challenging but i have not run into anything yet i mean i've gotten stuck but not to the point where i was like this is stupid you know what i mean i i've always oh, I've, I've not gotten upset at it. I've just gotten to the point where it's like I cannot, for the life of me, figure out what this is, and what, I need. Like, what are you stuck on, by the way? Like, if I can ask. Uh, well, I'm I'm not stuck on it now. Oh, okay. Um, but I I I had to go look up a a, 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 a you know tutorial yeah. for that section. Um, you know the little the the little uh stubby fan things that stick out that you have to hit in the right order. Yes. 
yeah, those, those things, I, I cannot for the life of me figure out what the hint is or what it is that I'm missing. The, one, the ones I've um, come across, I mean, always just, it's it's just about being observant. I, I, again, I, I, you might be ahead of me, but um, the ones I've come across so far, there's always been, like, that's been ri- written on, like, a wall uh, off to the side or something. I remember one being down uh, in the crevasse, like in the background. So you really mm. just got to use your, use your eyes. And I know you got, I wonder if, again, your colorblindness might, cause it yeah. kind of, it kind of blends into like the background fog a little bit. Um, so I don't know how that would affect you or not, but, but that's really, I, I could just be missing that in its entirety. Yeah, yeah. no. And, and those, those ones that so far have been like the hardest pieces. I, I don't think I'm too far. It, I, like I, I'm partway through the green world. Okay. If if that code makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, According to, <laughs> um, according to the the walkthrough I had to use to to solve part of a puzzle, it's like yes, go into the green world, and I was like, oh, it's a green world apparently. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it, it's really fun. Very simplistic controls, uh, which I appreciate. It is not super resource intensive, and like I said super atmospheric the music is is banger the the everything about this it, it's just fun I, I i need to dedicate some time and and just sit down and hammer my way through the rest of it the the other thing that i kind of found interesting too is just like it, it kind of blows my mind like where the, the just the design in this game uh the art design like where did mm-hmm. they come up with this crap? <laughs> like what? I, I like how does that thought process work? I, 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 you probably did some dr- mushrooms and got lost in a farm in yeah, the yeah. woods. I and guess then... <laughs> Just like these, like weird sci-fi. Like everything's kind of got this, uh, like robot slash. Uh, what, what 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 am I trying to think of the um, biological cross yeah yeah um you know like technical and biological cross uh between everything and just some biomechanical biomechanical there you go uh i and just i'm just wondering like where did they where did they come up with the designs for some of these like what was the idea that spurred all this like let's have a guy that looks like a bug a beetle uh let's have something come out of a cocoon we'll call it cocoon (laughs) <laughs> I and like I feel like they started with the puzzles and they were like just built out from there. That's like the only thing that makes sense to me, and I, I'm probably wrong, but it just I, I it, it blows my mind some of the creativity that some of these people have uh, coming up with with some of these designs. It's just impressive. Yeah, the 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 interactivity of it is is also a, a, a pretty big sell for me. Um, it's about anything and everything that you run into uh, is. Uh, part of your your puzzle part of your world you know the what you're watching now took me a while to figure out uh, as the person playing also did um just because it was just like uh, like i can't get the timing oh i was really close but then you know it, it, it once you figure it out like there's there hasn't been a puzzle other than those little whirly bits that you have to hit in the right order um that that's really made me like 
kill myself or kick myself for not understanding it. Like everything's like, oh, I've got it. I'm just mistiming or I'm I'm not understanding that that particular piece to the mechanic or uh, I I misread the lay of the map and so. Um, yeah, no. This is this is one of those games where I need to I need to finish it. I'm going to finish it. Uh, I just need the time to, and I highly recommend you all do as well. Uh, currently, twenty four ninety nine on Steam. Uh, yep. Published by Annapurna, which has a pretty solid track record of publishing. Developed by Geometric Interactive again, uh, which is uh, I believe it's pronounced Yep Yep Carlson or Yep A Carlson. Um, who was the lead gameplay designer of Limbo and Inside. Uh, anything else that you guys want to say? Any questions from Vance? Because Vance hasn't said a lot about the game, but uh, so I don't know if you have anything else you were No, I, um, so yeah, I hadn't played it. I have played uh, the earlier games, uh, Limbo and what was the other one? Inside. Uh, Inside. Yeah, yeah. I did, I did play uh, both of those. I think maybe even one of them for Indie Fireside. I don't remember. But... Um, um, I really liked those games, and uh, you know, while I watched the trailer for this, and then uh, watching the videos here, and uh, yeah, it looks it looks like a very interesting game, and something that uh, I that I would enjoy. I just didn't end up picking it up because I <laughs> I picked up the next game that we're going to cover instead. All right, well, that's a good as transition as we're gonna get. So uh, I think we'll talk about that next game on <laughs> Peep Show. <laughs> this week on Peep Show, we're talking about a yet another city builder uh, called Fabledom. I say yet another just because these city builders tend to just really uh, kind of dominate the early access sphere. Um, but, uh, it, it, I mean, because it lends itself, right? So, you know, with City Builders, there you can kind of uh, balance and add features and mechanics as you go with without really, you know, because like other, other games, it's hard to have a game without everything fully yeah. out there, right? Whereas these, you can, you can kind of, uh, it's almost like, it's almost like a pre-built home where you can, it's modular almost. Um, yeah. But that said, um, I do try and spread it out, but Fabledom looked too good to let go past. Um, so this is this is another one that is kind of considered um, relaxing, cozy. I think the word they use is uh, laid, yeah, laid back and wholesome. Uh, but uh, you know, you you build your city um, within the this like medieval fantasy uh, type of world, and uh, you obviously as a city builder you grow your settlement but there is also uh trade and diplomacy mechanics in it um so you can uh you can have allies or enemies uh go to war and things like that um and uh i guess really just kind of live your best life <laughs> as as a uh, royalty within the the fantasy sphere um so right now right they have uh obviously resource management which is a staple of a city builder um, the the tr the the trades the dip diplomatic mechanics are are put into the game already. Um, you can have queens and kings, uh, you know, royalties to lead your your uh, settlement, armies to go to war, um, 
and uh, let me just take a look see if they're missing anything here uh, and then obviously all the various buildings in the future um, they're planning on having uh, you be able to level up your buildings so there's going to be uh, you know t tier one buildings tier two buildings so on so on there's going to be more of a fantasy uh, mechanic implemented into it because it is a fantasy world so that i guess they're going to have heroes and various events that pop up um there's going to be romance uh i wonder if that has anything to do with like the kings and queens and maybe like kind of a legacy situation um more military mechanics they're going to be adding uh heavy more in-depth trading mechanics um let me see what else we got here oh fairy tales is a big part of this game as a, I mean, it's kind of in the name, fable Um <laughs> But there's going to be, like, encounters with, like, ogres and uh, various uh, fairy tale creatures. Um, as far as, like, what their effects on the city builder goes, I don't know. But uh, I'm kind of excited to, to see that. And part of that romance thing, um, there's going to be, uh, I guess they're going to progress from, like, being able to go on dates to, like, further furthering there's like almost like a quest line for the romance second and third date and eventually marriage moving into a castle uh buildings and things like that that go into it um and much more from what i can see um and i know I, uh, rev was interested in it but didn't get a chance to play it but but vance did what do you what did you think yeah yeah so i didn't play that far into it i have a nice little village um, I really liked it because there's always a goal. Um, well, in the beginning, anyway. And I think I think that this is probably something that's going to persist because they have um, you constantly get messages, basically. From I think the story is that you are a prince or princess, and your uh, parents are royalty, and you're getting messages from your kingdom to help you build your own kingdom over here. And so there are constantly new quests to try to do. So it's not a completely directionless game. Of course, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to follow these quests. But I liked the fact that it doesn't just like, okay, here's a tutorial and now you're on your own. And um, okay, I don't know what to do. But there are constant quests, like your sister calls you up and says, uh, you should build six houses <laughs> in, in the next 30 days. And I'm like, okay, sure. That's my goal of what to do then. And, and you know, you have like four or five of them going at the same time. So it's, you know, there's some management and some, it makes it a little bit interesting that uh, you're constantly working towards these goals. And sometimes you fail them because sometimes they're not really that easy and um so yeah there's the world building aspect and you can just completely ignore the quests and just uh build a little world that you want but there is some you know direction and quests and that kind of stuff and i'm i don't know if the hero stuff is in it yet did you say that I don't, it's not yeah i believe that's the the next update that they're planning <laughs> because i've like found places that are that are like oh this is an adventure uh, your hero can enter here and go on an adventure. And I was like, wow, that sounds fun. I want to try that, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. So that's probably just not implemented yet. But I mean, that kind of stuff sounds really fun. I did 
I did get to the point where I was, you know, had messengers and had contact with all the other kingdoms and was talking to all the lovely ladies in all the other kingdoms and wooing them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, I, uh, I will say, like, one of the one of the biggest draws for me on this one, because it's kind of not in my mechanical uh, preference uh is the art style on it like i it, it feels like whoever uh who who was who it uh, grena games uh is a fan of like old school claymation and found a way to like cgi that in, in such a way like it, it it is very very cute uh and and um uh, I can't think of the word I want to use. I'll just leave it at cute. Then. Cartoony, a little bit cartoony. Yeah, a little bit cartoony. Like, what if what if uh, Wallace and Gromit was The Sims? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say the the fleshed out the fleshed out kingdoms actually look really good when it's like all put together and, and leveled up and everything. Like just in some of their screenshots on the on the Steam page. Um, so I'm I'm kind of excited to see how that all comes together. Uh, towards like as you get further into the game and and you mentioned like having a quest I, I i really like that as well i i i like having an open sandbox so i can have my play the way that i want but mm -hmm. it is ha it is nice to have something to work towards uh especially when because eventually when you get a sandbox when you're in a sandbox sometimes you can get to a point where you're just like you're you're running like a well-oiled machine uh, and it gets boring because you're like, I've mastered this. Yeah. Um, so quests kind of keep you on your toes. They give you something to work towards um, after you've already done what you wanted to do at the, you know at that time. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate exactly. the mix. Yeah. 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 Exactly that. It's like I know what I want to do. Okay. I need to build these other things that I want to do. Okay. Like all right. Now I've done that. Now oh, here's a quest that I could do in the meantime until I uh, decide what else to do. Yeah. But yeah, about the art style, like, so I find it interesting that as I get older, for some reason, I like the cartoony art styles more. Like when I, when I was younger, I liked the more like gritty, like, uh, like, oh, these cartoons are for kids. And I want a pretty serious. I felt that way um, with Civ because they went in that direction, too. It used to be a little bit more realistic looking and then they moved their yeah, graphics yeah. to to something a little bit more cartoonish and i wasn't a fan but i it's kind of grown on me so i maybe maybe i don't know what that says like as you get older <laughs> that's kind of weird yeah, I don't know. I don't know. yeah you want to try to act more serious when you're younger and then when you get older you realize wait it actually was more fun to act more childish yeah. damn it yeah. <laughs> i mean c.s lewis said that that was uh that was one of the biggest uh biggest failures of adulthood uh, was was letting go of of childhood because you thought it would make you more adult. So, <laughs> yeah, no, this is like a lot of I, times the games that are trying for the too gritty realistic thing come across to me as like tryhardy <laughs> at this point. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. He's like, calm like, down, calm down. Yeah, like calm the fuck down, dude. This is a game. <laughs> All right, but. Uh, uh, Fabledom is uh, Grenaa Games, G-R-E-N-A-A, -A, uh, developed, and currently early access. Um, it is on sale until the 30th, 
right now. Uh, for $11.99, a uh, normal price $15.99. However, let me see if they're... It says... They do uh, slightly. Yes, slight, it may slightly increase um, once the game is complete. So not kind of confirmed, but uh, right now seems like the best time to get it. $11.99, that's a good... Uh, that's a good deal. When, when did this game go on uh, April? Okay, so we're coming up. According according to the devs, they wanted to do about a year in early access. So we're rapidly coming towards their initial idea of full release. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Um, I, so, I should have yeah, I I I taken a look at their up, updates. Cause, but right now, the roadmap seems like they actually still have... I mean, maybe maybe they'll do a full release and still have plans afterwards. That'll be, I always like that. Oh, for that, sure. So maybe that's the case. Yeah. Um, but if you can't afford that eleven ninety nine, we of course have a free game coming up and free fun. This week on free fun, we are talking about the winner of the one hundred and seven dollar adventure game challenge, Shrouded Space. Uh, so this game beat out 21 other entries to be the number one game in the jam. And, uh, you know, uh, and of course, in order to get there, all of the judges rated it uh, very, very well. In fact, I think I'd have to go back through. I think this might be the highest rated game of all time. I was looking at the scores. The I think it's like perfect except for like a couple categories just yeah. scored like 4.6 yeah. or something. Yeah, it I think it is the highest rated game that has ever been in the jam. Um and nice. it is just it is a really really good game. The graphics are are great. It has voice acting that's great. The writing is great. It's funny. The comedy is really good. Um it's it's uh has a nice little short story arc to it that uh, has a, basically a beginning, middle, and end in its short time span. I mean, it's just uh, really well written, well developed. The puzzles are interesting. The plot's interesting. Uh, it is just, um, and there there are other good games in the jam, of course, like a bunch of them. Uh, and but this definitely uh, des- deservedly got first place. R- remind me again, how long was? the jam uh it's two weeks last two weeks two weeks and you saw some of that art like because i was mentioning between segments that there's not actual like gameplay footage yet because it's just fresh out of a jam but that was a trailer that the dev made um that we were showing but two weeks how in the absolute fuck did they make that art (laughs) in two weeks all of that art the background and the characters they how? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I I I, I played through this today, um, in, in just a couple hours before the show, and I have to say the I like I can see why it was so highly rated. I think the thing about it that pisses me off the most is that <laughs> it's not like longer. you you lose by default it should have been longer yeah you 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 lose by default because i I want to keep playing i want more like i i hope i i it it seems like they had a really good team uh that, that was working on this uh and i i hope they use this as a foundation and they 
this isn't just like a one-off thing like like it was it is perfect for what it is don't get me wrong i loved literally every minute of it other than trying to figure out which buttons to press in which order in the cockpit because uh, right. I, I had some visual issues with those yeah. um oh no I, but, I had a problem i had a problem with that section too but i uh, figured it out eventually <laughs> yeah, yeah no I, I i completed it, it it's just it was it was one of those things where it's like oh yeah i gotta find it again um and that was just uh, my biology thing uh but like as as a super self-contained what maybe 30 minutes if you're really taking your time or you're dumb like me and can't figure out what you're supposed to do with the aliens um then uh you know it's a like, like it is a it is a wonderful one-off experience but i really 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 want them to take it and go further mm. right like no pressure but if you do i'll buy it immediately well they got like... 107 dollars from it to put it on uh steam so maybe it'll be hopefully they will yeah. continue to flesh it out i mean it looks amazing and uh just to kind of give credit to the people that were involved and hopefully i don't butcher these names i apologize if i mispronounce but we got dace kelly who was design and development uh art by drew goodwin what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> uh voice acting uh guy cunningham and uh fung wendy chang i believe and uh music by dark fantasy studio um also it, it mentions that uh a lot of the design was uh inspired by uh power hoof from their games Peridium and drifter which uh, i actually can see a lot of that in there now now that they uh mm -hmm. they list that yeah so. Uh, yeah. Great job to those guys. Is there anything else that uh, either you want to mention about uh, about shrouded space? It's on. It's on yeah. Windows and Linux. It's a pay pay what you would like uh, on uh, itch.io and like oh go give it a try, man. You'll you'll appreciate it. It's funny. It's good. Yeah, there there were actually quite a few really good games in this jam. And Check so them all. The out. fact that this one. The fact that this one out of the others that are also really good should uh, should tell you the very high quality that this game is. So go play this one and then play some others from the jam too. There's some good games in there. The the difference between this one and the one that came in second is 0.44 percentage points. <laughs> like that's all the difference between them. Like, like and I can see why this one was 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 so good man so yeah i again i can't believe how well that came together in two weeks like i can't i can't put together a spreadsheet in two weeks and that's as simple <laughs> like blows my mind all right well um that is the end of the show thank you uh, uh i know too short just like shrouded space you bastard <laughs> um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, again, apologize for missing last week, but, you know, we're back. And uh, next week, yes, next week will be the Halloween episode. I am, it is, so I found out, by the way, that Halloween is actually on, or trick-or-treating is on Halloween this year. I don't know what you um, okay. but it is on Halloween this year. So I will be going trick-or-treating. I might be a little late, but I, I, I will be here because trick-or-treating okay. goes six to eight. And then, so I'll try and get things set up beforehand. Uh, and then, um, you know, back, 
back in time, but it might be a little late, but we will be here. And it'll be the Halloween episode. I know you guys, especially Rev, are going to be looking forward to those games. It's going to be great. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it personally. Um, any uh, Anything else you'd like to, to say before we say goodbye? Uh, follow us on social media. You can email news and tips and all that fun jazz to us at uh, contact at indiegameriot.net. You can follow us on Facebook. You can join us on our Discord. Links are down below. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, for those of you who came to our recording session, thanks again for hanging out with us. It always uh, helps keep the energy up as uh, as we read your comments in chat. And uh, for those of you that, uh, that are not, thank you for watching the show in any of your preferred podcast formats, Spotify, YouTube, whatever. Uh, and uh, yeah, no. Vance. I think that's all I've got, man. You got anything for us? Well, well, yeah. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Say no, everybody. Thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. See you, everyone. See you guys.